0: Welcome, I'm Pastor Abraham, I want to thank you for tuning in to Sun Valley Podcast. You can check out our church on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for worship thoughts, devotionals, and the latest events happening at our church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, good morning. You often wonder how your wife would introduce you. There's so many things that could be said, but thank you there. Okay, let's, uh, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer again here. Heavenly Father, we're so blessed to be here. I love this church. I love the people in it. and It's just always so heartwarming to see people, our dear friends. So Father, please come into our presence here this morning, like you already have through this worship service that was so beautiful. And I just ask that right now, my words be your words. Father, please convey to us uh, your love and your message and your hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, I want to open this morning's talk with something so cool. I was flying last weekend, it was amazing. We flew out to a little island, went camping between Vancouver and Victoria Island, Vancouver Island, and, and then we flew down to Victoria and just walked around, and it's just so nice to get out. Um, there were barely any people. We are of course, safe and, you know, interacting, but it was just nice to get out and feel human again and walk around, and it was cool. But the really cool part, I, I'm just vibrating right now. The really cool part was flying the plane, and I was with someone safe, so don't get ahead of me here. Flying the plane, one of the things on my bucket list was to fly through a cloud. Fly a plane through a cloud. And so he's, do you wanna do you wanna take do you want to fly for a little while? I'm like, you must have seen it on my face. Yeah, sure. And so we were flying, and, and I let him know this is one of the things I really wanted to do. And so he's like, okay, so see that cloud over there? I'm like, you yeah. uh, know, you can aim for it. So just watch your elevation, watch your wind speed. We're not going to go off course that much. And so I'm like, mm, just vibrating, flew through the crowd. it got on video. It was like a microsecond and we were through it, but it still was so epic and cool. And I gotta tell you, that's one of the things on my bucket list, so I'm like, Jack, yes. I was for sure vibrating for the whole next few days. It was a lot of fun, and I wanted to start that because, start the talk with that because it's cool, uh, but there's also another point to it, and I'll come to that later. Pastor Abraham has been talking about the Bible for a while. We've been going through the Bible, we're just wrapping up Lamentations, and um, it's been amazing. It's a, it's a long journey so far. Uh, it's taken us, how long have we been going through the book of the Bible? Yeah, three, this is three years now. Uh, so we're making progress. <laughs> uh, and uh, the book of Lamentations, boy, that is a book that, um, that's a book that, I'll be honest, has always frustrated me as a therapist. Um, yeah, it's just one, it's one I struggled with, but, but I'm so glad that he's taken the time to really walk us through the book of, of Lamentations. And, and there are three main points that he's been really trying to reinforce with us. Um, And so those three points are this. Uh, So I'm going to do a bit of a review for five minutes. Lamenting in grief is deeply connected to our spirituality. Lamenting in grief is deeply connected to our spirituality. Number two, there is dignity in the expression of grief. There's dignity in the expression of grief. Number three, every strong event or story of grief is an opportunity to know God. Now, I struggle with that one a little bit because, you know, obviously in therapy, we can hear some pretty nasty stuff. How on earth is that an opportunity to get to know God? Abraham also walked us through how logic doesn't console grief. suffering is not God's way, and how there is healing in expression. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. You know, part of the job in therapy, as some would know, is um, we want to create an environment where there's safety to be able to open up, to be able to be vulnerable, to be able to trust other people, to tell our story. To, to step back and get perspective and try to get our bearings on it and see if there's some answers or some, some ways that we can navigate through it. Um, but sometimes, you know, people really resist for good reason. It's a coping mechanism. I don't want to go back there, that's painful. I don't want to talk about it. There can be a lot of resistance. And so it can be a real art navigating how to slowly lower those defenses and and start to get into the nuances of of what we're up against, right? Uh, Abraham also shared how the expression of feelings and grief brings us healing. But first, we need to bring things to God. That's where it starts. Uh, And then we talked about how lamenting together without answers is so helpful that just by freely being with each other, we can start that whole process. Um, it doesn't mean that there's necessarily answers. Uh, and, and you know, this can be really hard for me because I don't know why. I, I like to get in and just start problem solving. Okay, well, I think we can do this. We can do that. We can do that. And I really have to restrain myself. Uh, I don't know if it's a guy thing or if it's just me or what it is. It's just I got to stop it, I got to just... They, they say with the French, if you tie their hands up, they can't talk. So sometimes I actually have to sit, sit on my hands and just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, and be a therapist. It's obviously gotten better, but it was rough in the beginning. Uh, but one of the best expressions of lamenting in quiet peace with someone was one time we were at Angela. Um, she must have been about five. We were at a parade in Rutland. They were tossing candies, clowns everywhere. Those little guys on the motorbikes barely missed each other. It was a blast. But here, Angela little, five-year-old, and we're walking along, and she sees a little kid just on the curb crying, just sitting there crying, and I, 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 we have no idea why. Um, and so Angela, being just little five, went and sat down beside this crying child, and didn't say a thing. She didn't know this person. She didn't know what the issue was. She didn't even know how to express comfort or love. She didn't have any words. So she just quietly sat beside this lamenting, grieving child and fully let, in my mind, God express himself through her that this is what love really looks like, that you can be with someone. I I, I think that's actually the best definition of intimacy I've heard. And that is um, to confidently sit with someone during their pain and not need to say anything. And so Pastor Abraham's been talking about how We wanna lament together and be with each other during times of pain or grief. He also talked about how there's hope in grief. Now, I'm a big believer in hope. I actually did a few studies, uh, research papers on hope specifically because I I love the idea of hope. I, I just, there's, I'm what's called an incurable idealist. The glass is half empty then there's the glass is half full then there's the glass could be full for everybody (laughs) it's awesome you know so it makes people sick I know Uh, but that's just you know the way so I love when he was talking about how there is hope in grief Don Straub then talked about how there is um, you can turn your mourning into dancing now This, I don't know how many of you have read his book, or how many of you know Don Straub's story, but this man has experienced grief. Um, He's lost a few wives, and and it's, uh, just to hear him talk about it is just heart-wrenching. But when he talks about grief at work, the room gets dead silent, because he really knows what he's talking about. And if this is a man that can say, turn your grieving, your mourning into dancing, there's got to be something to that. I love how he talked about the five stages of grief, but he doesn't like to call them stages. Uh, they're more fluid than that. And, and when I think about the five stages of grieving, uh, I, I like to think of it as stairs. You can go up and down, backwards, forwards constantly moving around. But um, one of the distinctions he made was there's grieving and then there's complicated grief. There's complicated and complex grief. And that's when people get stuck. And I think that that's where I really wanted to concentrate today, is as we're going through the book of Lamentations and we're talking about grieving, we're talking about turning things over to God, I really wanted to concentrate on not getting stuck there. I think that that can be a real danger, that certainly I've seen in therapy, is that people will get stuck and stay somewhere for decades and not move forward. And they'll, they'll just hold on to things. Um, I remember there was a, a, a lady that came in, her fiance had died 20 years previously it was somebody famous. And they were so stuck in their grief 20 years later that she still had the wedding dress and because she believed she would still get married in it, that she became anorexic so that she can continue to still fit in it and believed that this person was going to show up any day. Yet he had died 20 years ago. And so she was stuck in this complex and co- uh, complicated grief. And they say that about t- 10% of the population, when would they experience something traumatic or something that's, that's um, uh, very stressing like that, that 10% of the population will, will get stuck and they just won't be able to move on. Uh, a few years ago, I was driving a truck with Alex in the bush. We were... I don't know, either exploring or going to get wood or something. And it was a winter time. I don't know what possessed me. And I know Dale would question that. He would answer, he'd know exactly why, but I, I thought I could make it. And we just got stuck in the snow. And the more I tried to get out, the more I dug down and dug down and dug down. I mean, the axle was buried. It was that, it was gone. Uh, couldn't see any of the tires. Uh, they were all buried. Uh, I'm surprised that the truck got that. Well, I'm, not really. I, I worked hard at getting it that stuck. But, um, you know, I had to hike all the way back down to our house, which was fair ways away <laughs> in the snow, and get Karina, and get the other truck, and get some chains, and get some all kinds of stuff. Like It was a big ordeal. It was half the day, for sure, to get that thing out of there. But sometimes, as humans, we we dig ourselves in so unnecessarily to stuff, and we hang on to things and, and we just get stuck, we can be pretty stubborn sometimes, oh, I don't want to talk about that, man, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard that, I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> like, well, we need to, let's, let's get it unstuck, let's get it moving, let's get it fluid again. Um, Don also talked about how loss is part of life, and we need to bring these forward with us as we move through life. Uh, a little while ago, I was rock climbing. Last year, rock climbing with a good buddy of mine, Bailey and, and Alex, and uh, Bob was there, Johnny. We were rock climbing, and I just foolishly fell down part of the cliff and, and, and gashed my arm open. There's a big scar right here. I think it's kind of cool, but... Um, big star right here. And, and often what people do when they get cut is, it, it's nothing. Oh, it's no big deal, don't worry about it. Right? They'll hide it. And, and what happens when you have a wound and you ignore it, that's, that's pretty deep and beat up. And if, if you ignore it, it'll get infected. And if you continue to ignore it, it'll get gangrene. If you continue to ignore it, I mean, that arm's got to go, right? Like, it's brutal. And so when something painful happens to us, we have to bring it out and take a look at it and go, whoa, that's pretty bad. Uh, let's pick out the rocks and the moss and stuff. Let's clean it up a bit. Um, and in cleaning it up, it's going to be more painful than it was to ignore it. It's, it's just push, start, pour, stuff. <laughs> but we've got to clean it. We've got to get it healthy, and it is possible that with an injury that severe, that with good physiotherapy, good reconditioning, good rebuilding of the muscle tissue, that this arm could be in better shape than it was previously. That sometimes our trauma and our wounds and our hurts and our griefs can actually make us stronger and better than before. It's hard to believe, but I've seen it thousands and thousands of times. It's been hard for me to understand, even as a Christian, how how did you heal through that? That's mind-blowing. But I think that God is so capable of bringing us through things. So, scars um, are pretty neat. Now, it's interesting to see when someone has a scar, sometimes they want to hide it. They don't want to show anybody, they're embarrassed of their scar. Uh, other people don't care, they're like, whatever, right? Um, some show it as a badge of honor. I try to shake my hand with this arm as often as possible. Yeah, I had that rock climbing. And then Alex reminds me, no, you weren't rock climbing yet, you were just hiking down to the rock climbing. like, oh. But it was cool, like the blood was dripping down as we were going. Um, but yeah, somewhere where a scar is a badge of honor. And then some transform their scars. I've seen people that have designed, ta- and I'm not Vanessa and Elise, I'm not advocating tattoos. But I've seen people transform their scars by creating this beautiful work of art out of their scars. I remember one gal um was cutting herself a lot as a teenager just all over her legs and her arms and it was just so sad to see and and i remember just sitting with her and we were talking about it and she said i'm i'm proud of my scars they tell me they tell other people about my journey they can see who i am now and i'm not there anymore i'm i'm so much bigger and better than than that and she actually went and got some tattoos that wove in to the scars, and it, it turned out to be this beautiful work of art. So today I want to talk about how do we lament well? How do we lament well? Um, like I said, you know, lamenting, Lamentations was not my favorite book in the Bible. J- book of James actually is, uh, and Proverbs. Um, but Lamentations is very frustrating to me. It seemed like it was written by Eeyore. Oh, my tail fell off again. You know, like just really depressing to me. And and here I'm a counselor and I found it depressing. Uh, So I often would think, man, let's turn that frown upside down. And I know that bothers people when there's someone positive like that always around. But, you know, some people just want to hang on to pain sometimes. And in therapy, we would explore, so what's the benefit of that? Why are you hanging on to your pain? Why are you hanging on to this loss? Because there's a benefit. We need to explore what that benefit is. And, and how can you get that need met in a different place? So that we can at least start moving through that pain. So at first, as a therapist, you know, I would, I would when I first became a therapist, I, I, I would... Dive in and okay, well, let's tear this grief apart. Let's take a good look at it. Let's open this closet and rip out everything and, and just get right in there and start working our way through it. And mm-hmm. you know, some people would resist for good reason. Uh, it's a safety <laughs> precaution, safety mechanism. Yeah, well, why would I want to talk about all that pain? And, and here I would want to rip it all out. And some people would see all their stuff out of the closet and they go, <gasps> freeze. They'd stop right there. I'm not going any further. You're doing more damage than good. And other people would be against the closet. There's no way I'm opening that closet. If those floodgates open, we're going to be here for years. There's no way. You know, uh, other people would deny that there's even a closet. There's no problem. What's the problem? There's no problem. Um, so after a while, realizing, yeah, that might be a bit destructive, <laughs> the approach. Uh, let's maybe let the pendulum swing the other way. Uh, and, and we're going to slowly chip away at this. What's the expression on how to eat an elephant? One bite at a time? Yeah, just slowly chip away at some of that trauma. Let's, slow, let's take our time. Hey, let's talk about this today. You know, Are you ready? Let's, let's try it. Um, so, I don't believe, as a society, we're very good at expressing emotions. Anger, disappointment, sorrow, those are all, I think, society teaches negative emotions. And that's just simply not true. Those emotions are all there for a reason, they're given to us for for a purpose. God designed those emotions. You know, if, if, if there was a man walking right here and he starts smacking a boy, uh, I'm, I'm going to forget that you're even here. I'm going to go address the issue. Like, I'm going to get angry pretty fast. And before, I'd be angry towards the guy, but the guy, don't care about the guy. I, I, I'm there for the kid. Right? Like, get out of the way. Are you okay? Are you, you know, like, you want to address, address the hurt. So anger prompts us into action. The challenge is how we express anger is the problem, or can be. You want to express it appropriately. Same with sorrow, same with disappointment. It's the expression of those those emotions that is so crucial. Um, So I want to talk about uh, an example here. When a child either gets hurt or loses something, my binky or my blanket or whatever it is, right? Like when when they lose something or they get really hurt. As a parent, you just hear mom, dad, and they come whipping around the corner and crush you or like run straight into you like this atomic bomb. And they like melt into you and they're just can't even talk. And and they're they're hemorrhaging. Um, I'm not gonna talk about how Vanessa cries like that. Um, but just melts like when she would melt into you, you're just oh my goodness, what happened? You're thinking your arm got chopped off, and at least it's wearing my skirt, you know. <laughs> but but they, they melt into you and they can't even get the words out through the sobs. It could be so strong. They just, they just wanna melt and hide. Now, another way kids can come up to you is, is they come up to you and they're just vibrating mad or they're just they're hurt so much, they don't even look at you. They're, they're just like, they're, they, they don't know what to do. They're frozen. They're petrified. They're unsure of how to express themselves. And some, some would just run away, like <clears throat> gone, period. You don't even know what the problem is. You don't, you don't see them for the rest of the day. They're just like gone. Uh, so every once in a while, a kid will come up to you. They'll bury themselves deep into your arms. They'll cry. They'll calm themselves, start to breathe. It's okay, honey, you can breathe. You Start to breathe again. And then they have this magical moment, I always loved this as a dad, when they would look up into your eyes, just like heavy with tears, and they would connect. And to me, to me, that was the start of healing. We haven't even talked about what happened yet, but it's just that connection, meeting eyes to eyes, saying, hey, I'm here for you. Like, it's okay. Let's get through this together. What happened? And I remember there was a movie that transformed me, the way that I thought about Jesus. And in the movie, there was a, a guy that was being beaten or something, or I don't know what happened. He was down and out, tripped, something on the side of the road. And, and you see this hand reach down, and the assumption is that it was Jesus. And this man takes the hand, and, and he looks up, and, and you could just see his whole face melt. It was gone. Whatever that was that he was up against, just by looking at Jesus, he was transformed. That connection is so essential. And in the process of lamenting, one of the things that I really wanted to talk about was I think that it's important for us to turn to Jesus, turn our sorrows over to him, to lament. But more than anything, the key element is that we need to connect with God. We have to connect to that essential life force. You know, I'm sure there are times when we as adults would come across some sort of hurt. And as much as those are examples of, from children, but we as adults... When something, a grieving, something happens to us or we lose something or something tragic occurs that we want to hide. You know, is, are you hiding from anything this morning? Not dealing with something. Are you running from something? Dealing with something? We want to run away from our problems sometimes, even as adults. Or some of us just want to lock up. I don't want to talk about it. And we figure we can we can figure it out on our own. But seeking that connection is going to be essential for us as Christians as we plug into God. So back to that control tower and the the flight plane, flying that plane through the cloud. One of the things I noticed in flying through the clouds and flying up there is, number one, it's super busy. It's like busy town. It's just like humming with planes everywhere. Uh, at first I didn't know what to make of it, when the control tower, we had the headphones on, cont- talking to the control tower, and they're speaking another language, and I'm... I'm is this thing working right? It's garbled. Uh, I can't understand a word they're saying. And then you start to clue into what they're saying. Direction, altitude, knots, the speed that you're going at, direction of other aircraft, 500 feet coming this way, A 1,000 feet above you going that way. Like it is super busy in the air. I had no idea. When you're driving in a car, you just see one plane and you're good. But when you're doing 260 kilometers an hour up there, there's a lot of stuff going on. And so this radio control tower is speaking and guiding you and telling you, here's where the danger is. There's another one. Uh, Maintain your course and altitude. Raise it another couple thousand feet. Mountains coming up ahead, it's bad wind storm. Like, there's all kinds of information suddenly being fed to you from the air traffic control tower. It's essential to, to my safety. And so I really learned to appreciate that garbly goop that was coming over the airwaves. It, it was really important. Um, when we communicate, we need to make sure that it's two ways. We had to communicate to tower where we were, and we had to know where other people were. And then the other people flying were telling us where they were. So it was a constant communication on the airwaves while we were up there. And so as we communicate with God and as we lament, I wanted to cover three quick takeaway points here this morning. And I'm going to be really quick. Um, The first one is... Uh, turn to God through lamenting. Don't get stuck or locked up. See, it's about having faith and hope in God that he will take over. At one point, um, the, the, the pilot with me said, uh, the pilot has control. And I knew I could relax. And I could breathe. It was exhausting flying, looking at all these like 17 million different variables. I'm like, whew, okay. Pilate's got the wheel. Love it. And so in turning to God through lamenting, we're giving God that control. Just take over for me. Psalms 1 verse 1 talks about some of the formula on how to lament. And it says, How long, Lord, will you forget me? Uh, How will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Number two, lamenting is conversing. See, God wants to hear from you, but he also wants to speak to you. And I think as we've been going through this series on lamenting, I really wanted to come and speak about that important piece that I think sometimes is missing, that people miss. They want to complain to God. And certainly me as a Christian, I just bring all my cares to God and then I'm like, amen. And, and I try to go about the rest of my day And I miss the very crucial, important part where God speaks back to me. And so lamenting is conversing. God wants to hear from you, but he also wants to speak to you. And and Psalms 13 verse 2 says this. How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? See, like a parent and a child, God wants to to give us reassurance. John 16, verse 33 says, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He wants to reassure us when we converse with him. Now, healing can come in all forms. There can be audible answers. Sometimes it's just peace in your heart. You just get this... Complete peace wash over you. Like, it's, it's like it, the burden has been completely lifted. Other times, it, it, there's a, a slow-burning flame. And often in addictions, people talk about that. They're like, you know what? I got this. I got this. Not wild and spazzy. It's just like this slow-burning flame. Okay, I'm ready now, man. Get out of my way. You know, like they're just Ready. The answer is a slow burning flame. Other times it's just pure submission to God. Man, I'm in complete. Take the wheel. That's an answer. It's just submitting to God and, and, and having that faith. So the third and final point is lamenting is turning over to and trusting God, seeking God's help while pain is in act, is an act of service. Uh, Psalms 13, verse 3 to 4 says, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Then it goes on to say in 5 and 6, But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So, as we talk to God and as we lament, as we share our sorrows, as we share our griefs, I really want us to remember that our faith in His power is renewed and strengthened when we do that. It's not just complaining and lamenting, there's action that's happening, and we need to be receptive and open to what God's answers are. There's no need to get stuck. There's, there's, there's hope. There's, there's answers coming. There's a possibility of growth that you can be stronger than you were before if you're open to it. Revelations chapter 21, verse 4 says this He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Um, I'm going to close with this. I really like war movies. Not because I like the the gore or the the violence of it. In fact, I'm getting more and more sensitive to that sort of stuff. Like when I play um, paintball with Rob Blair in the back, there's a tremendous amount of pain involved. Um, And I don't like the violence part of it. But I love the, the sense of, of, I don't know, like overcoming an obstacle and working as a team. And So when I watch some of these, these war movies, and I, I try not to watch the gory ones. But, you know, every once in a while you see a war movie that has this flag guy. And he's waving the flag. And I'm thinking, buddy, what are you doing, man? throw the flag down, grab a med kit, grab a gun, make yourself useful. Like, what's with the flag, right? And then a historian set me straight and said that a flag guy is very essential because every once in a while in battle, you can be in a foxhole. And, and there's bombs going off and there's smoke everywhere. You can't see squat. And you're just like, oh, no, this is going to hurt. And you're just, you know, huddled away. And, and in battle, every once in a while, there's a lull in battle. Both sides sort of just calm down a bit. So the, the, the smoke lowers, you get your wounded off the battlefield. You, you rearm yourself and, you know, get back to the strategy. So every once in a while there's a lull lullan battle. And so as a soldier, you, you poke your head up out of the, the foxhole and you're like, where am I, man? I don't see anybody. I'm in here alone. I have no idea where I am. I'm in the swamps. And you're like, whoa, way over there. There's the flag guy waving the flag. And so you, you get out of the foxhole, you crawl your way over there, you, you finally arrive and you get over to some safety and, and you're like, whew, made it. <laughs> Guys, I don't know why I was way over there. Like, I, I don't know what I was doing. Let, let check me, man, I'm wounded. I've sh- been shot a couple of times. I got shrapnel and stuff, right? So you, you, get, you get some attention to the wounds and, and then you're like, man, I was ready to do hand-to-hand combat. I was completely out of ammo. I got to get rearmed. And then what was I doing way over there anyways? Like taking the swamps? Is that what we were supposed to be doing? Oh, here's the game plan. We were all supposed to be taking the hill. Got it. Got it. I'm good to go. Ready guys, let's go. And you charge the hill, right? And so I think there should be a flag over this church. Don't know what kind. But I think that when we, when we crawl our way back to God through all the garbage. When we say, man, I think I'm wounded. Let me lament to you for a little while. Let me pour out my sorrow and my grief in a very connected, meaningful way. I'm not going to run from it. I, I, I want to face it and carry it with me like Don Stra- Straub said. Let me connect to you. Man, I really need your help. Please give me some tools and some strength and some ideas. Then, lastly, what's the battle plan again? Why are we going through all of this? This grief in this world and all this struggle and the trauma and stress and whatever it is that you are faced with. Why are we going through all this? God, please walk me through this. Let me lament to you for a little while. Please give me answers. So I pray that as a church, we're a church where we're not afraid to lament to God, that we don't get stuck, but rather we look for answers as we reconnect with God. I pray that this church moves things to an even deeper level, where like the woman that transformed her wounds, we can in turn take our wounds and show the rest of the world what God can do. God bless